I'm John, and tonight I want answers about bone marrow. There's no stopping us now, because we're live. John wants answers. John wants answers. John wants answers. Give John answers. John wants answers. Give John answers now. Check your calendar. If it says March 8th, 2012, then we're live. My guest tonight is Stacy Tamaki. Did I pronounce that right? Yes. Great. <laughs> we'll talk about why she's my expert later in the show. And tonight on the show, we also have my good friend Brian Westfall. <laughs> Did I say that right? Close enough. And <laughs> Sudeep Dua. Thanks for being here, guys. Tonight, live on the show, they're going to be registering for the bone marrow donor registry. They'll be filling out some forms and swabbing their mouths and maybe saving a life. So that's exciting. If you've never seen the show before, this show is like a courtroom drama. I'm the prosecutor, my guest is the expert witness, and you at home and in the audience are the jury. And it's your job to convict or acquit the topic. We'll be taking your tweets. So during the show, we're live, you can tweet us. You can tweet us at John Wants Answer. Now there's no S at the end, because the S is for suck. And tonight, we're not going to suck. So if you tweet in, you can ask us questions about the topic, bone marrow in general. Or you can ask for a headshot. Tweet us and say, I want a headshot. And I'll autograph this and say, hello viewer, thanks for watching. But special tonight, we're gonna to make a special photo for you of me holding up a swabbing kit, a bone marrow swabbing kit. And so it'll be, it'll be rare, it'll be worth money on eBay. Because <laughs> it'll be one of a kind. Don't forget to go to johnwantsanswers.com to check out all of our previous episodes. We've got some really good ones there. I went through all the episodes recently, just, you know, make a promo clip for another show I was on. And man, we had some good topics. <laughs> Facebook.com, find us, John Wants Answers, and like us. That'd be great. This show couldn't be possible without the generosity of Lisa Tamaki and Brian Westfall. <laughs> so thanks to them for uh, executive sponsoring tonight's show. And we have uh, some corrections from last month's episode. Kerfuffle is not a Aboriginal American word. It is a Scottish word. And I offered last month's uh, expert, Keith, offered him a prize, a trip to Fresno. What I meant to say was a trip to Fremont. <laughs> so he didn't win. But I want to make clear, I was not going to send him to Fresno because I like him. Snaggy says, this is the best show ever. And that brings us to our first topic, bone marrow. <laughs> so my guest tonight is Stacy Tamaki. Why are you an expert on bone marrow? 
I became an expert um, on bone marrow in 2009 when my cousin was diagnosed with a form of blood cancer, similar to leukemia, but called myelodysplastic syndrome. And so I needed to learn more about it in the bone marrow um, process because she was told her only chance to be cured was to receive a transplant. So I went on the internet and I started researching and I found a program called the AADP, which is the Asian American Donor Program. And I called them up and they gave me some information and then I realized I have a lot more I need to learn. So I contacted Be The Match, which is the National Marrow Donor Program and learned even more about the registration process for people who want to become donors and the transplant process. And then from there, I built my cousin a website called Helping Tammy to launch an online bone marrow donor awareness campaign and to advocate to get more people nationwide to join the marrow donor program. And once she received her transplant, I continued on with the advocacy because I felt there was really a big need for it. So then I created a website called Marrow Drives. And these are examples of some of the ideas on there. There's many different tutorials for patients and their family and friends who um, want to do something to raise awareness for their own loved ones. Um, so this display between us, um, we'll show that. They can see that later. And then now I take inquiries from people from the internet who want to you know, help other patients. And just recently, I helped build a website for a patient in Canada. So, you know, here we are in Silicon Valley on the West Coast, and, and I'm able to help patients who live in Toronto in, in uh, Eastern Canada. Wow, that's great. So tell me, what is bone marrow? So bone marrow, it's a soft, spongy, flexible tissue that's found in the center of larger bones within the body. And the bone marrow is what helps your body, what well, doesn't help, it does produce the blood cells in your body. So it produces blood, um, the red blood cells, the white blood cells, and platelets. So what do we need these blood cells and platelets for? <laughs> well, <laughs> the red blood cells carry oxygen throughout your body. White blood cells are your immune system. So they fight off disease and germs and things like that. And the platelets are what causes your blood to clot. So if any of these functions aren't working, then your body can't function properly. So what kind of diseases would a person have if they needed new bone marrow? The most common are usually blood cancers or very severe anemias like sickle cell anemia. Um, but things like leukemia, the myelodysplasia are, are what you most frequently hear about. But sometimes people will have conditions that aren't related to blood. So their blood cells may be fine, but other things in their body aren't functioning properly. So like the patient in Canada, for instance, uh, Christina, she has a disease called Minji. And hers is a completely different problem where her 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 body has a genetic defect so that her enzymes aren't complete. One particular enzyme isn't complete. And it allows these toxic chemicals that are natural in your body, but your body's supposed to be processing them, they build up. And so they're harming her. And by getting a, a healthier bone marrow you know, in her, in her bones after a transplant, her body will be able to make a complete enzyme again and help restore her health. Mm. So is donating painful? Like how do I, how do I give my bone marrow? Right. 
Um, I think one of the biggest myths about the donor program is people think that donating bone marrow is excruciatingly painful. That's and they, what I always thought. Yeah, they, uh, for some reason, everyone thinks it's extracted from your spine with this huge needle. That's what I saw on TV. Yeah. <laughs> and in reality, probably 70 to 80% of the time that bone marrow is now donated is given through a method called PBSC, which stands for peripheral blood cell. Um, and, or stem cells, excuse me, peripheral, oh, peripheral blood stem works. cells. And so what happens is the donor is given um, medication that makes the bones overproduce stem cells. So they're released into the bloodstream. And what happens then is they take this medication for five days, they'll go to the hospital, and blood is taken out of one arm, it's run through an apheresis machine, so it's like collecting uh, plasma. And then the apheresis machine holds all the stem cells and all the rest of their blood comes out of the machine and back into their other arm again. And so the pain is pretty much as much as, you know, having two needles inserted into your arms. Well, that's not bad at all. Yeah. And then the other method, which is the needle and bone method, is where the uh, bone marrow itself is extracted from the back of the hip bones. So it's the pelvic bone, never the spine, where mm -hmm. the marrow is extracted from. That in itself isn't painful because it's always done under anesthesia. So you won't even feel when they're extracting it. Right. And all of the accounts I've read online is that most people will feel some discomfort for a few days, maybe a couple weeks after, that's nothing more severe usually than feeling like a tenderness or a bruised area on the back of their hips. Um, I get bruised all the time. Yeah, yeah, so you know, to save a life, a little discomfort, yeah. most people are willing to do that. That's a trade-off I'd be willing to give. Yeah. So what's the difference between bone marrow and stem cells? They're actually the same thing. It's a little confusing because sometimes you'll see people launch a bone marrow donor drive and other times it'll be called a stem cell donor drive. And it, it falls back to the explanation I just shared with you about the peripheral blood stem cells, if, it, if they're collecting you know, the, the stem cells that way, then they're usually called stem cells. If they're taking it from the back of the, the pelvic bone, then it's bone marrow. And it's not up for the um, donor to decide how they're giving. The doctors decide which method will work best for the patient. And for the like 20 to 30% of the time that someone is asked to give from the, the hip bone, um, it's because children experience a higher success rate with their transplants when they receive marrow from the bone. So if, if you're contacted and told you're a match, that's probably why. Mm. For some diseases, is bone marrow transplant their only hope? Yes, yes. Uh, when, when my cousin was diagnosed, having you know, chemotherapy or radiation, things like that, weren't ever on the table. She was told, you have myelodysplasia, you need a bone marrow transplant. And for leukemia patients, a lot of times, if there is a good bone marrow match, they might do a transplant right away. Um, but many times, they'll do chemotherapy first. And some patients are able to achieve remission just through chemo, and they don't need to go through the bone marrow transplant. But once chemo, if it fails and they relapse, then a lot of times they can't undergo more chemo successfully. So then they'll be told they have to have a bone marrow transplant. Mm. So how many people in the U.S. Uh, need transplants per year? The statistics kind of vary depending on who who's... Um, research you're looking at, but 
Approximately 10,000 American patients need to find a bone marrow match on any given day of the year. Oh yeah, and how many are successful in getting matches? Somewhere around 30% uh, will find a match in time, and so the other 70% won't. So if you need a transplant, the odds aren't in your favor. Not at this time, but they're improving because it used to be even less than that. Mm. Um, so what makes a good bone marrow match? So if I register in the registry as a donor, right. um, how do they match me with someone who needs well, a lot of people think that uh, bone marrow matches are blood matches, and they're not. It's actually a chromosome match, and in particular, it's called an HLA match. It's a human leukocyte antigen, and that's a protein that's attached to the cells. And so because it's a chromosome match, most people will find their matching donor within the same ethnic group of whatever their own ethnicity is. Mm -hmm. And so normally, you'll find that a donor and patient will be of the same ethnicity. Not always. It doesn't happen often, but very rarely, you'll get a donor and a patient completely different ethnic backgrounds, and yet they'll be a match. Is it most common that you can find a match in your family, like a host relative? You have your best odds of finding a match within your family, but only 30% of patients will. So the other 70% of patients then have to go to the National Marrow Donor Registry and hope that there's you know, an anonymous stranger in there willing to give them their, their marrow if they're a match. Okay. We have to stop for a break now. When we come back, we're going to take your tweets and then we're going to talk some more about bone marrow. So we will see you soon. Okay. Keith, how's our bone marrow jokes coming? Do we have any? Uh, bone marrow walks into a bar. No. Says, Ouch. Oh, that we rejected that one early on. <laughs> How that many was puns? The only one we had, though. Do we have any puns? Well, there was the one about Nantucket, but that's too dirty for television. Okay. Because you know it's a serious show, and we're known for our entertainment value. Okay, Loretta says you have to react more to what Stacy is saying. Instead I'm, of being stunned by the fact that you're sitting next to a good-looking woman. I'm looking deep into her eyes. Is that not right? Where am I doing? supposed to be looking? You should look at, look in my eyes. No, I'm being serious. Am I just supposed to stare at you the whole I time? I think to stare at me the whole time. Wow. Pretend like you, we're in my That's living room. That's a lot room of John. <laughs> and we're having a conversation. Okay, I wonder if we have any tweets. Think anyone's tweeting us questions about bone marrow? Maybe Scott. Ooh, we have one tweet, yeah. and it's not at all about bone marrow. <laughs> what is it about? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? Okay. <clears throat> Four, three. And we're back, and we're taking your tweets and talking about bone marrow. So you could tweet us. Well, if I hurry up, because we're, we're doing tweets now. Okay. Uh, Staten F says, This is going to be the most disastrous episode of John Wants Answers ever. John Wants Answer ever. Um, no, I think this is the first time we are doing a topic that can save lives. You know, we have a lot of fun on this show normally, but tonight we have to look inside ourselves. 
<laughs> and asks, you know, we, we often say we want to be a hero and save someone's life. We're just waiting for the opportunity. This is that opportunity. And for example, here's Brian and Sadiq. They are being heroes. They are filling out the forms now for the registry. Um, have you guys gotten to the swapping part yet? Not yet. Okay. Wave your hands when you're ready because we want to catch this for prosperity on the internet. <laughs> okay, we've taken our tweets and we have anything new since then? Wow, no tweets. Okay. All right, so let's get back to bone marrow. Does blood type or ethnicity matter? I think you alluded to this earlier. Yeah, um, the ethnicity definitely matters. And the thing I really want to talk about is that there are now approximately 10 million people in the National Marrow Donor Program Registry. Around 7 million of them are Caucasian, which means every other ethnic minority group and people who are biracial or, or mixed you know, ethnicities of more than two all fall into that other 30% category. So if you're told by your doctor you need a bone marrow transplant and you're Caucasian, you have a much better chance of finding a match in the registry than someone who is of a different ethnicity or a mm. mixed ethnicity. And so because of that, you'll see there's donor programs like the Asian American Donor Program and other ethnic specific um, recruitment groups who will try to do recruitment within different ethnic communities to help raise their presence in the donor program. So is the donor program filled with enough white people and Caucasians? Actually, no. Ed, that's one of the things, um, when I'm reading things online, like when I'm on Facebook or reading news articles about the Marrow Registry, a lot of times I'll see people leaving comments, you know, say, oh, well, I'm not of the same ethnicity as the person who's doing this, you know, donor drive effort, so I guess I can't help. And I'll always, like, go in and leave a comment and say, yes, you can help, because there is a very small chance you may still be this person's match, and even if you're not their match, you may be able to help somebody else in need. Mm -hmm. So how can people join the registry? In the United States, uh, if you go online, you have two options. You can either order a home test kit, which is what Brian and Sudeep are filling out tonight, mm -hmm. or you can um, use a zip code locator on the website and you just type in your zip code and the Be The Match website will list for you all the donor drives happening in your local area. So you can just walk in and fill in the registration form and do the cheek swabbing. When you get the home kit, they mail it to you you fill it out, do the swabbing, and mail it back. And not every country has that option. Some you have to go in physically. Some countries don't even have donor um, drives remotely. They have donor centers. So it's like you go to a hospital, and, and that's where you can register. Mm. Is there an international registry? There is an international registry. There's actually over 70 registries worldwide, but 35 of those registries are part of what is called the cooperative registry. So if you, um, you know, live in California and you need a, a transplant and your match is found in one of these other countries, then, sorry, <laughs> were you going to go there? I think they're ready to be swabbing. Is that right? 
Okay, we'll come back to this. All right. So Brian and Sadeep are ready to swab. Let's uh, take a look at them swabbing. Do you know how to do this? We're going to figure it out. Okay. We read the instructions. The instructions are there. The instructions are clear. <laughs> There's Sadiq, he's uh, swabbing his cheek there. Has some good back and forth action going. <laughs> Collecting all those cells. All right, uh, and there's Brian. <laughs> Look at that. Did you feel any discomfort? No, no discomfort. Was there a bad taste left in your mouth? No. Do you think you'd be emotionally scarred? No. no. So this was totally safe and not at all bothered you. Easy. Easy. Easy is what Brian says. Look at that. All you people at home. They just swabbed their mouth. And now they could be the one to save someone's life. Stacy. So back to me. You were saying. <laughs> so I was saying. If a patient lives here in the United States, but their match is found in one of these countries, these are the 34 countries that have a cooperative registry, they will collect the bone marrow or stem cells there, fly it to the United States, and the patient here can receive a transplant. Mm. And we do the same. If an American you know, has the matching marrow for a patient in another country, uh, they'll fly it there. So actually over 50% of the matches that are made now are called international matches, where the donor and the patient live in different countries. Oh, so I don't have to register more than once. No, once you join, once. You're, you'll be in um, that registry. Some countries will have more than one registry, but only one is part of the cooperative registry. So they can go on the Be The Match website, and there's a link there. There's also links on the uh, Marrow Drive site that I maintain that show where all these different donor programs are and which ones are the cooperative mm -hmm. registries. So how is a transplant made? Let's say I, I become a match for someone else. Right. How do I give my transplant? So what will happen is you will be contacted through the donor program and they'll ask if you still are willing to give. And mm -hmm. surprisingly in the U.S., 50% of the time when people are told they're a match for a patient in need, they will decline to donate, oh, meaning they bad. either choose not to donate for whatever reason or they're willing to donate, but then as they go through more medical testing, it's found that they have a health condition that mm -hmm. precludes them from being able to, even though they're willing. Okay. Um, so if you pass those first hurdles, then you'll do more extensive testing at a local hospital near you. And if you turn out to be the patient's best match, then the doctor will let you know, you know, we either need a PBSC donation or we need a bone marrow donation. And at that point, um, you'll donate whichever way the doctors instruct you to. Sorry to interrupt, we have a, a late breaking tweet. <laughs> Blizz Blamage, I have no idea who this is. I am enjoying the information on bone marrow. I do not know all of this. Great show. Well, there you go. Awesome. This is not a disaster, as our previous tweeter suspected. <laughs> How will you know if a transplant is successful? Um, oh, well, I didn't finish answering your other question, oh, actually. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, so once, 
Once the donation is given, uh, the stem cells or marrow are sent to the transplant hospital where the patient is. The way they receive the marrow is through a central line or a catheter. So it isn't a surgical procedure. They usually already have, you know, um, the central line or catheter implanted in their body because they're constantly having to receive medications and have blood drawn. So rather than stick them with needles every time, mm -hmm. it's just a permanent tubing that's basically been put in their body. So it goes into their body just like a blood transfusion would. So it's in a plastic bag and it hangs on a stand and it comes down the tube and goes straight in. The stem cells will mix with their blood and then they just naturally go to and seek the bones and they will settle into the bones and at that point, to answer your next question, um, that stage is called engraftment. And that's where the bone marrow has now absorbed the donated stem cells. And if it engrafts properly, it will then begin to produce healthy blood cells again mm. for the patient. Why should people register now instead of waiting until someone they know is sick? Well, I tell people this all the time. Um, to me, it's really important because people don't understand that when you are told someone you love needs a bone marrow transplant, the first thing you want to do, of course, is help them. And you want to help them as quickly as possible to find out if you're a match. But the way the, the kits work, um, the kits like this, when they get mailed to you, is you, know, you order it if you order it through the mail. So you have to wait for it to get there. Then you fill it out, and then you mail it back or you have to wait for a drive and you know, go to a live drive. And then once this kit is sent back to the registry, it can take weeks, even a few months sometimes, for that kit to be processed and put into the registry database. So here you are wondering, am I a match for this person I love and care about? And instead of knowing immediately, because you're already in the database, now you have to wait you know, six weeks, eight weeks, or, or 10 weeks to even have your information put into the system. Mm. And then a lot of testing has to be done to see even if you are a preliminary match, if you, know, you are in fact the match. And it's really important because the success of the transplant is partly dictated by the earlier a patient can receive a transplant when they have the disease, the more successful the transplant is going to be. If the disease is allowed to progress, because some patients have to wait months or years to find a match if they ever find one at all. So, you know, obviously having to wait a year to find a match is not a good thing. So mm -hmm. being in the registry now means if you ever hear of someone who needs a transplant, you'll know that they are, their doctors already have access to your records. Mm. All right, and one more question. Um, how could I be rejected to for the donor registry? There are Two basic reasons, just to be really general. One is age. In the United States, you have to be at least 18 years old, mm -hmm. but not over 60 years old uh -huh. to donate. Um, different countries have different age limits, so some it might be like 17 years to 55 years or to even um, 50 years old. So age is one. And then the other is there are medical reasons. And that can mean that you either have a medical condition or I'm being told it's time to wrap up. Good shitty. You either have a medical condition <coughs> or you may be receiving treatment for a medical condition that precludes you. Okay. From. Well, thank you, Stacey, for coming on the show. Um, and thanks, Brian and Sadiq, for 
helping save a life, hopefully. Our next show is April 12th. So I hope to see you then. All right, good show.